Welcome to the RV Podcast, Episode 416. And this week we talk about the growing popularity of fall camping. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Mike Wendland and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. And uh, it is fall. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, I think it's our favorite time of the year to camp. I enjoy fall camping. It's not too hot. You don't have the bugs. Oh, to me, it's perfect. Crisp mornings, cool nights, nice warm days. And when the sun shines and the, the, the leaves are turning, it's pretty hard to beat. Uh, we're going to have uh, in our interview section an interview with some folks who've um, really done a lot to make fall camping one of the most popular times these days for all RVers. I think you'll enjoy that and maybe get some ideas and some things that you can do before it gets too cold to get out there and camp like you'd like to. Um, let's see, we got a big uh, giveaway to announce. we got a new giveaway. We certainly do. A bike rack for e-bikes. Yes, this is uh, we just put it on our uh, RV. We just installed it last week on our uh, motorhome. In fact, we'll have a video on Saturday on our YouTube channel. But this is known as the RV Rider. It's from Hollywood Racks. And it's made especially for e-bikes. We're giving away uh, one of these racks. It's worth $600. So uh, we'll give you a chance to enter it. Uh, the address is just is free to enter. Just it will put just a random drawing. You can enter as many times you want, but it's uh, just go to rvlifestyle.com/sweepstakes. We'll announce the winner in a couple of weeks. But um, this is great. Each of these uh, uh, this rack holds two e-bikes, each of which can weigh up to 80 pounds each. So it's and it's sturdy. It's really well made. It's it's the finest e-bike rack we have seen for RVers. Called the RV Rider. So check that out. And it's uh, time to announce the date for our winter campout gathering, which we do every year. This will be the 10th year in a row. All right, so it's going to start the first weekend in January. It starts on Thursday. The first full weekend, yeah. January 5th through Sunday, January 8th. And where is it, you ask? To Quamina Falls in Michigan. The Upper Peninsula of mm -hmm. Michigan. And we do this every year, and we all have fun up there running around playing in the snow. That's just what we do. And it's people, it's funny, when we talk about this, we get like two reactions. We get people who say, no way, not for me. And others say, you know, I've always wondered about it. <laughs> well, this is for all those who've always wondered about it. It's really fun. We have been doing this 10 years and um, they usually all fill up. We take all the spots at uh, the Taquamanon Falls State Park. This is unlike our other gatherings. You reserve your own spot with the Department of Natural Resources. And if you um, go to our RV Lifestyle Facebook group, you all should be a member of that. Uh, you can find the details there. But uh, if you wonder what the dates are, January... 5th through the 8th. And uh, you have electricity, so it's not like primitive camping. So it, it is warm and the DNR plows out the sites. They know we're coming, they put your name on the site, they plow it out, they're ready. Yeah, did you say it's warm? 
It's not warm. Well, it's warm. It's warm in, in your, your RV because you plug in the electricity. You plug in the electricity and you're toasty. It's not like you have to no. it's, pitch a tent out in the cold weather. Yeah, I think that's what everybody thinks because it really is warm and toasty. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only difference between winter camping and summer camping is you wear a lot more clothes in the mm -hmm. winter when you go outside. Yep. So um, uh, go to our RV Lifestyle Pay our RV Lifestyle uh, blog, and you can just search winter camping. You'll see we've got pictures and stories and videos from our previous uh, uh, escapades up there in the snow. And it's just very relaxed and casual. Gather around a campfire, do whatever you'd like, a few suggestions of things to see if you've never been up there before. And we all eat together a potluck on Thursday night and Friday and Saturday. We go to a local restaurant. And Dutch Street, everybody on their own. Everybody's yeah, on yeah, their own. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's fun, and uh, we won't talk about it anymore because we know those people who uh, who shiver when you hear winter, uh, <laughs> they don't like it. But for those adventurous ones out there, there's usually a couple feet of snow on the ground, but, you know, it's, you never it's know. really fun. Yeah, sometimes it's, snow. sometimes it's only been a couple of inches, but usually it's, it's, it's pretty what good. What I like is it's so relaxed because you make your own reservation, and if something comes up, if it falls through... You get a credit from the I think DNR. It's like Thirty bucks a night. That's yeah. what they charge you. Mm -hmm. All right, that's our winter campout. Now we've got lots of RV news this week, and of course, one story is uh, dominating everything, and that's of course Hurricane Ian and its uh, his aftermath. Oh, that's so sad. As we record this, uh, we're hearing story after story of the uh, devastation Hurricane Ian brought to Florida and then the Carolinas. And it's blamed for, so far, 87 deaths, and it still, still is climbing. And especially hard hit was the Fort Myers area, where we saw several stories where they were interviewing RV owners, uh, some of whom they didn't leave, they didn't evacuate when they were told to, and they lived through the storm. And uh, many RVers... Many RVs were uh, totally destroyed. The RV parks, the bridges, uh, concrete homes, businesses, and more were completely wiped out by the storm in the Fort Myer area. And, and uh, on our uh, RV Lifestyle Facebook group, we have uh, seen lots of posts and pictures from RVers who were down there, who evacuated. Uh, many were able followed the evacuation orders. They hooked up their RVs and they got out of the area. But a lot of others... Um, had RVs that were kind of permanent, uh, permanently in some of the RV parks, and the sad thing was uh, they, they couldn't get them out. Uh, we heard one story uh, about some people that uh, from Michigan that had a place down there, and they had restored an RV. They bought a fifth wheel, restored it, and it was, they kept it there year-round and spent the winters there. And they were watching the storm coverage, and they actually saw their RV being swept away. It just it's just it's just horrible. And then it then the storm you know went across the state and it caused flooding and and damaged a lot of other RV parks throughout the central part of Florida where, which is very popular. And then went to the Carolinas. Yeah, fortunately it wasn't as severe in the Carolinas, but it still did enough damage to yeah, be remembered. Number of parks there closed as well. Uh, so it's 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 just terrible. And uh, our hearts go to the folks um, still trying to clean up that mess. The death toll still expected to rise, uh, but wow, that, that hurricane was, uh, was, was horrible, horrible. And you don't know what the situation's going to be in that area for people that winter down there because the people that own parks, or even if whatever they have down there, 
they have to assess uh, the electrical problems, the water, Sewage, power, everything. everything to yeah, see we a, when we'll they a, can open. We have a question kind of about that that we'll answer later in the program on the question and answer time. It's just so sad, you know, all that loss of uh, lives and uh, yeah, and yeah, just, possessions. Yeah. But the lives, it's incredible. Yeah. Another story out of Idaho that's getting a lot of attention in the RV community. Idaho officials are blaming a camper whose unattended campfire led to the largest wildfire this year in the state of Idaho. In fact, they're still fighting it. They expect this thing. It's uh, on state, federal, and, and privately owned land. Um, been 200 square miles. They're still fighting. Expected to get it controlled this week as this is being uh, this episode is being released. An on incredible the amount of firefighters, aren't there? Like 500. Yeah. Plus. Well, the sad thing is, three firefighters died that is so fighting sad. this. And so officials have determined uh, that this was caused by somebody who was boondocking on public land and they left their campfire unattended. Uh, East Central Idaho, uh, near the town of Salmo, and uh, officials are asking anybody in the, the public that was there that maybe saw people camping in that area to give them a description. Uh, they're trying to find that camper, um, an unattended campfire. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, there's no excuse for that. No none, excuse. None, none whatsoever and, for that. Uh, you know, these firefighters are just amazing how they, uh, they take care of, uh, of us and, and risk their lives. Three of them died fighting that fire. So uh, let's hope they catch that person. And one more story. One more story. Now something positive. Good news for every, all the travelers that want to squeeze uh, in one more camping trip and they want to go to Canada. Uh, before the cold weather, cold weather settles in, the Canadian government dropped all of its COVID requirements for visitors beginning October 1st. So that means visitors no longer have to be vaccinated. Fill out the Canadian app proving uh, proof of vac uh, being vaccinated and a negative test, quarantine, wear a mask, and do any of the other things that Canada once required. And it's said that the strict requirements were blamed for a sharp reduction in American tourism this year. And that reduction particularly hurt many of the border communities, particularly tourist dollars near Niagara Falls. You know, personally, we kind of welcome this news. Uh, we have heard of many RVers who skipped tri trips to Canada this year because they uh, were not vaccinated or they didn't want to deal with COVID testing or a fear of being quarantined while they're on vacation. Uh, so uh, while well, COVID's still out there, and I think it's gonna probably be with us forever, um, at least all those uh, restrictions in Canada have, uh, have now been lifted. And uh, it's, it's probably a little late this year, a lot, not a lot of RV tourism. Although one of our favorite parks is open in the winter, the Algonquin Provincial Park, mm -hmm. about three hours north of Toronto. Oh my gosh, is that a great park? And that's open in the winter. So. Uh, Anyway, hopefully we'll see some more Americans getting back to Canada and uh, help the economy. And, uh, of course, you Canadians have been coming back here for several months now, and we're glad to have you back in the U.S. as we put that COVID debacle behind us, I hope. Terrible, terrible times, those two years that we lost to COVID. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about why fall has become such a popular time for camping. Uh, and we will uh, we'll have a great interview. I think you'll want to listen to and get some ideas yourself for what you can do uh, before it gets too cold to camp. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Tired of overcrowded campgrounds, competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. It was for us. Jennifer and I bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee, in an incredible collection of mountaintop properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. These are 5 to 62 acre properties. Build a house, a cabin, outbuildings, or RV year-round starting at $79,900. Your property, your way, 100% ownership, and the scenery is breathtaking. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to. There's high-speed internet, and it is so private. It's a great place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations, ready whenever you want. They're selling these on October 8th by appointment, 5 to 62 acres from $79,900. Great financing and big discounts available on multi-lot packages. For information, visit MyRVLand.com. That's MyRVLand.com. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, And there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World. And as we talk about it, as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount. If you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10, when you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back. And now it's time for the interview of the week. And I think you're really going to enjoy this. We have noticed it as we have done fall camping Everybody having fun the last couple of weekends that a lot of the parks are open when they celebrate fall and Halloween and they just get goofy. Yep. Uh, it, it started about a decade ago, I think, as we'll learn in this interview. And I remember the, it was a, it was really our first year of doing the RV lifestyle <laughs> at the Kentucky Horse Park in right. Canada, Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. They went all out. They still do with uh, Halloween decorations and now around the country, it's hard to get a, a weekend in any RV campground because they're doing boo bashes and, <laughs> and Halloween funds and camp, you know, camping fall themed camping outfits. So and now even Bo, we took him camping and we we're at a campground where they had some kind of scary big blow ups up there. And oh yeah, he was barking his head off. Yeah, he's kind of fun to scare Bo. <laughs> Uh, our, our guest uh, this week is Marley Benke, and she is with Jellystone Park, Yogi Bears Jellystone Parks. And I love those parks. Oh they are fun. Oh my gosh, they If are you fun. haven't been to one, if you've got grandkids, kids, you got to go there. It's Family fun. themed parks. Yes. And uh, just uh, fun is the operative word. And uh, we got uh, Marley to sit down with us and talk to us about this, uh, this uh, trend about fall camping and how popular it has become. And she gives us a few ideas of some of the things her parks are doing, and maybe you can find the same near you. Well, let's check in with Marley Benke from uh, our friends at uh, uh, Camp Jellystone, which has become near and dear to us as we have enjoyed it so much with our kids and our grandkids. And uh, this is a very special time. Um, Marley, welcome to the program. 
Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. So I think the first thing I'd like to ask you is uh, when did this Halloween camping become so popular? Yeah, uh, you know, Halloween has really kicked off, I'd say probably in the realm of about a decade ago, right? 10 years ago, really, um, the Halloween activities and fall weekends, um, that was kind of the big push. Um, and it has just flown by and really built up ever since then. It's been very exciting to watch that grow and evolve over the years. Because that was about the time that 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 uh, the whole RV camping boom uh, uh, coming out of the last recession uh, was uh, a breath of fresh air came in and everybody discovered it. But, oh, my goodness, it has turned into uh, someone told me one of the more popular times of year to camp. Are you guys seeing that at, uh, at Camp Jellystone? Absolutely. Um, it's very interesting because as you know, Halloween weekends have evolved over the years, we are now seeing Halloween weekends be just as full in our campgrounds as, as holiday weekends are. Um, I mean, really, truly full jam-packed weekends. Um, and our guests really look forward to it. And it's it's great because it, it brings families back together to really do all of the activities together. You know, when we're going through the summer and there's so many different things like the water attractions, um, once those are closed, this is kind of the time that brings the families back together instead of mom sending, you know, the kids, the older kids over to the water slides and dad taking the little kids um, and grandparents come out too. So really, it truly is a, a family event during these fall weekends. So what are some of the special activities that you have planned? Oh my goodness. I, every park has so many. Um, some of my favorites are like the magic pumpkin patches that we do. Um, we do a uh, scarecrow um, contest where, you know, parks are given um, sites, um, the, the, the tools to make a scarecrow. And then what happens over these weekends is they've built up all of these scarecrows, you know, from one weekend to the next. So by the last weekend, you have, <laughs> you know, tons of scarecrows that are already decorating the park. Um, we have a costume contests to trick or treating, which is huge in all of our parks. Um, we've got apple cannons and candy cannons, <laughs> um, you know, haunted trails and haunted hayrides. So really a plethora of different activities each and every weekend. It's, it's one of the things fun. that I have really found the most fun is how everyone has gotten into the spirit of decorating their campers and their RVs. I mean, yes. uh, not just scary. I mean, it's more than than even a neighborhood. It's just they they're over the top. I do have contests like that. Some of your parks, I think uh, they encourage that. Oh, yes. All the parks encourage it. And it's really great because now as the years continue, everybody kind of wants to one up each other. So now you're seeing <laughs> sites creating their own little haunted trails on their small sites and, you know, different kind of um, activities with blow ups and scarecrows and zombies. And it's just really, really neat to watch this grow each and every year. It's very exciting. Now, can you think of anything that just was way over the top, some uh, park that just really took it to another level? Gosh, there really isn't one that I would pinpoint because truly all of the parks in our system really go all out on these Halloween weekends. I mean, and it just builds, right? Um, the first weekend, they might kind of start off soft with some of the more fall and harvest style activities where it's, you know, um, 
apple schmear and bobbing for apples <laughs> to then really diving into all of the Halloween fun. So it's neat to kind of watch the the weekends really roll into each other and they just continue to grow each weekend. It's yeah. really a sight to see. Yeah, as we have been traveling uh, this fall uh, for, during the month of September and, and now into October, it seems that just like Christmas comes earlier, Halloween is coming earlier. And we've seen RVs decorated like right from Labor Day on. Is, yes. is that what you're seeing in your 83 uh, uh, Camp Jellystone parks? Yeah. I mean, right after Labor Day is done, everybody is kind of getting into full on Halloween mode. And, you know, we're talking when parks used to, you know, initially start with Halloween weekends, it was maybe one or two. And we're seeing some parks have six, seven, eight, nine Halloween weekends because they're just that popular. And, and again, it's bringing all the families together. It's getting the grandparents involved moms and dads, uncles, aunts, and even the pets. That has been really fun. <laughs> People are doing the pet costume contests. Uh, so it is just, it just grows and grows every year. And is, uh, is Yogi Bear and Boo Boo, do they dress up for Halloween? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they will, you know, we have a park um, in South Haven, Michigan, you know, um, Yogi will dress up in his vampire attire and Boo Boo will have his little pumpkin costume on and they go out and trick or treat and, um, they'll end with like a monster mash dance party that is just phenomenal. It's great. It's wonderful to see everybody out there enjoying it. Besides just the general spirit uh, of the season, why do you think this has culturally become such a thing with the RV lifestyle, the, the Halloween themed uh, September, October campouts? I think this is just part of, you know, as Jellystones, we're very much resort style and we are so much in this entertainment industry that we're able to provide that to our guests, but also it's getting back more into that, you know, family feel of just camping, right? So it's now kind of putting all of the fun water toys away and really, truly just getting back into the camping in the fall and the fun of it. And we're still able to provide all of the experiences and activities. So it's kind of that perfect mix together. And I would bet, too, it's kind of the end of the camping season in many of your states in the northern climes. Yeah. So there's there's probably some interest there. Let's let's go one last time and, make, <laughs> and go out with the bag, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, some parks out there are doing these packages where, you know, people can come and leave their units on site for all of the Halloween weekends. They can choose to stay two Halloween weekends in a row or all four or five or six Halloween weekends. I mean, it's very interesting because these people really want to do that. And and there is no discounted for that that time. They're paying full rates because it's just that much fun. They they don't want to miss it. You know, they don't want to miss something that might not have happened the weekend before. It, it's not just uh, people with kids and grandkids, is it? Because we 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 enjoy it. Just the yes. two of us. Yes, yes, it's all ages. This truly is a season of all ages. And it is so great to watch each and every age range really truly just enjoy the fun of the Halloween um, and just getting into the overall feel. It's just, and fall is always great, right? Who doesn't love fall, you know? Um, so there's always the bonus there. Is uh, you know, I know we're getting some people who are going to be listening and watching this podcast and say, all right, let's go do it. <laughs> is it too late? Can you st- is there are most of these weekends sold out or can you still get in during the week or and when do most of your parks close for the season the ones that that do that are that are seasonal 
Sure. Um, I would say that there's probably some parks out there that might have some availability, but Again, this really is turning into what holiday weekends look like, where these people are leaving, you know, this season and they're booking their next fall season. So I would say for, you know, future when you're looking into doing and testing out a Halloween weekend to really book those in advance, um, just because they're they're just that full. Um, our, our parks typically like in the Midwest, you know, not the non-Southern parks, they tend to close right after Columbus Day, um, typically around that October 15th time is is generally the last time so that they can, um, you know, get the parks winterized and, and, you know, hopefully no, no pipes burst in the meantime. Um, but yeah, that's typically when, um, they close and, you know, these, these parks are still open during the weekdays, but really with kids and, and everybody back in school, um, the activities during the weekdays have, have, you know, lightened up a bit. Um, so there isn't a whole lot going on typically during the weekdays, but man, when Friday hits, it is in full swing until Sunday checkout. I think we should go, huh? I think we should too. We got to put that on the calendar. I know every time that we have camped at one of your campgrounds, we have had a blast. Yeah. Oh, good. And what was the last one you guys were at? The last one was, I think, up at Silver Lake, Michigan, up on Lake Michigan. Yeah. And uh, speaking of fall, I remember very well that uh, one of the neighboring campsites had a donut making machine. <laughs> so that one immediately became my personal. <laughs> yes. Um, and a lot of our parks are adding those things and have those and do donut activities. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on the donuts. <laughs> well, we're, we're big fans of Camp uh, Jellystone. And like I say, oh. if we can't bring our grandkids, uh, we'll dress our dog Bo up in a costume and, and we'll be there. And we've also visited that South Haven uh, campground oh. that you mentioned, too, uh, which are both on Michigan's, uh, we call it the third coast, the uh, Lake Michigan. <laughs> yes. So Marley, thank you for sharing some of the excitement about it. And uh, uh, are you going to dress up for Halloween yourself this year? You know, I got to get out there with my kids and be something. I don't know what I'm going to be <laughs> yet, but I have to, you know, we do it for the kids, right? Well, that's what we tell ourselves. Right. <laughs> Yeah. My grandkids are all starting to get too old. I, half the fun for me was going trick or treating with them, and uh, it is a, it's a lot of fun. Oh, you forget we've got two younger ones. We got two younger ones. Yeah. We'll see if we can connect with them. Yeah. Hey, Marley, thanks for making time, and we'll check with you in the spring and learn some of the cool things that uh, Camp Jellystone has planned uh, for the next camping season. So, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. It's great to be here. Thank you, and happy Halloween. Same to you. <laughs> Well, it really wants, makes me want to get out there and do some fall camping. And, yeah. Uh, we got to grab the grandkids and sneak <laughs> away, huh? We should. Yeah, it is fun. Well, thanks, uh, Marley from Jellystone Parks. And uh, I hope you guys got some ideas of things you can do. And get out there. Enjoy. Enjoy the fall. When we come back, questions of the week. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. 
Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Welcome back, everybody. It is time now for the RV Lifestyle Questions of the Week. And before we get started, we want to tell you that we welcome your questions and your comments. All you have to do is use our personal email. Send it to us at Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. We love getting your questions and comments, and uh, we love to share them with the audience. So the first question this week is for you, Jennifer. It okay. comes from someone named Ann, and she says, Jennifer, can you handle the fifth wheel duties with that new fifth wheel you and Mike have, setting up, hitching up, tank dump, unhooking by yourself? I have never tried. If I had to, I could, but I have not had a desire to learn how to dump the tanks and all that sort of thing. Well, we could change that. We could help you with that. I found that in life, whatever I learned how to do, it then became my responsibility. <laughs> so if I made myself scarce, I, mean, I do help you, though. I you, do oh, help. Yeah. I'm hands-on doing this. It's easier with two people to direct and put blocks. And you are great on setting up. Mm -hmm. You help me set up. Uh, it's a two-person team, we always believe, because somebody's got to keep their eye open, and somebody's, uh, you know, it, it really is, like, the two of us. Uh, hitching up, the same thing. Yep. Uh, unhooking, you're right there when I do that I as well. To, I just I've gotten over having to do this when you hook up. Yeah. At least I've well, that's stopped doing that. I was doing that, too, and I was driving. <laughs> um, but, but you really do help with all that stuff. Oh, thank but, you. But I have noticed that you do disappear when it's time to dump the tanks. Now... That's an important RV skill. I know. I've been doing that for 11 years. Disappearing. disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little slow to notice that. But come to think of it. Well, we can teach her. Um, but it, it does. It's a good question. And I think probably a lot of women wonder that. It, it, for us, it was a big change getting the fifth wheel. Oh, huge change. You know, it's this big thing following you. Like yeah. five feet behind you. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Yeah. I, um, if I had to, I could. Yeah, uh, I feel I feel that you have jumped I, right in on the rest of it. I just don't want to take away your fun because I know how much you enjoy hooking up and unhooking and leveling. I know how you look forward to that. Actually, I don't mind that part. And I well, I don't want to say I look forward to it. It scared <laughs> me. It really did when we first got this thing back scared in April. It scared you. It scared me, and I was just watching. Well, because it was, you know, we had hooked up uh, bumper hitch trailers before, and I didn't like doing those. This is, I think this is easier. It feels more secure to hook up a fifth wheel than a bumper hitch trailer, I think, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I think what bothers me is when it's kind of crooked and that tailgate is down on the truck. Oh, and yeah. Back and then I well, go, oh. that's because you've read the stories where people are always dropping the thing on their tailgate or they don't put it up or they bump into their... And I, I would do that if you weren't back there sometimes watching, so... Hmm. Uh, but but I publicly thank you for the help that you give me, except <laughs> except for dumping the tanks. But I'll I'll accept that. That's my job. Uh, all right. So yeah, I hope uh, that answered your question. Okay. Now we got I got a question from Cindy. Is it possible to find a winter campsite in Florida, the Tampa area, without booking a year in advance, especially in the uh, wake of Hurricane Eon? That was Bo that just walked in. Yeah, Bo just us. walked in, and, and he, wants, was, he wants me to know that it is his dinner time. And he was uh, 
shaking his uh, his, collar. He shakes his head. He shakes his head in the morning to get us out of bed. He knows exactly when it's like a quarter to seven, and he follows me around. It sticks like glue because he eats three times a day. I interrupted. So her question about a winter campsite in Florida. Yeah, the Tampa area without booking a year in advance, especially in wake of the hurricane. And uh, is this winter a washout? Is it possible? Should they even try? Just personally, uh, you certainly try, but um, I think trust? it's a I think it's a washout, and I think uh, it doesn't hurt to give it a try to look up some campgrounds. Many campgrounds are are just not going to be open uh, next year, if ever again. And when I say many, they're talking about a considerable number of them. That is one of the most popular areas of Florida. Those that survived and they can fix themselves up uh, will probably, many will have limited spaces and they will go to their returning guests or those who had reservations. I mean, even before the hurricane, most of the choice spots were taken Mm -hmm. for the snowbird season. Um, I, I would suggest that you look at another place, like maybe Arizona, which is a great snowbird place, a destination. Check out Arizona. Um, certainly, there are other parts of Florida, the Panhandle. It's a little cooler in the yeah, Panhandle. Yeah, it's cooler. I mean, it gets cold, but we don't get snow. However, I'm hearing that even those spots are starting to fill up more than normal because because they fill up too, in the, in, even though it's cold there. But many of the people who are displaced and can't get into their normal parks in the southern part, particularly along the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. you know, between Fort Myers and Sarasota. Um, many of them are coming up and filling the, the parks up on the in the panhandle. So do some work. Give them some grace. Those who you know were the regulars and that, that couldn't get in, it doesn't hurt to try, and right. you might be just fine. But uh, I would urge you to look at Arizona. Think about Arizona, Texas. Texas? Yeah, Texas has lots of places too. New Mexico, uh, Arizona. Yeah, New Mexico. It makes it can get kind of cool too. Um, but. Um, this is going to be a tough year. And I mean, let's just hurricane. hope that those mom and pop RV parks can come back. Oh, they were stressed as as it was. And um, this, this is really a, a big hit for them. We won't have the full picture on Florida for a couple of weeks yet. But, um, but pray for those folks who've lost their businesses, uh, uh, their homes, and, and for the families of those who have uh, had loved ones die from this storm. All right, on that note, uh, we're going to end this podcast this week. We will be back next week with another one. Don't forget uh, our uh, Saturday videos, new videos every week on uh, Saturday on our YouTube channel. And register for that giveaway. Oh, the giveaway, yeah. One more time, I'll give a plus. If you have an e-bike, this is the rack you want. It's the RV Rider. Uh, We'll have a video on it Saturday. And you can register for a free giveaway of one of those things at uh, rvlifestyle.com slash sweepspakes. And let me flip that around, give you our address one more time for your questions and comments. Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. We're waiting to hear from you. Thanks for watching. Happy trails.